The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, hoop ballers. Welcome to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS today. This is your Saturday, April 4th edition, the day before Easter. And I am your host, Santino Cocone. I'll be running this one solo for you guys. Uh, and we have a nice eight game slate on here. And I'll get into what we have on this slate and why I think it's going to be crazy. And my first initial thoughts are uh, be prepared. If you are not looking to uh, be all about the news and, and watch the news and keep up to date. Don't play much or, or just sit this one out because we saw last night things are getting crazy and this night should be no different. Uh, on an eight game, 16 teams, we have nine teams on the back end of a back-to-back. First initial thought on that, we're going to get a lot of people missing that we don't expect to as of this podcast. Uh, And then we have two teams on the front end of a back-to-back. So 11 of the 16 teams are on one end of a back-to-back right now. And that is a lot. Uh, That's nearly 69% of these teams are on one end of a back-to-back. And we already know that uh, this season has been crazy. So these slates, this slate and slates like this in particular, we know we can just guarantee that a lot of the things we talk about might change. Uh, some things might not, but some things will get added. Like players that I'm uh, not keen on at the moment, probably going to get added because things change. And others uh, move away, and others get scrapped all ent- entirely. Uh, things are going to change. Um, and right now we have half of the games. Uh, we have, I have all the spreads. I'm doing this early in the morning, bright and early in the morning. Half of the spreads are in double digits. Uh, four of them, 10.5 and, and above, all the way up to 15.5. Uh, and only one game is below five and a half point spread. So Vegas is not only saying that we're going to have, uh, or I'm not, I'm not only predicting a lot of uh, uncertainty, but Vegas is also predicting a lot of blowouts. Uh, we have an 11 and a half, 10 and a half, 15 and a half, 12 point spread, seven, six, five and a half, and one two point spread. Uh, we have two games in the, in the low 200s at 205 and 204, and we have two games over 230. Uh, with another game at 229 and a half. So pretty much three games over 230. So again, a lot of uncertainty. And before we get into it, I do want to give a shout out to our guys over at MyBookie, simply the best sports book around. Uh, if you didn't get on the opening day of MLB, they had some odds boosts there, which was pretty much free money if you ever played the odd boosts. Uh, if you haven't, when you do find them, you're going you're gonna to very much enjoy them. <laughs> Everybody loves getting free money. Uh, but you can go there and enter the promo code HOOPALL, get your deposit matched up halfway to 1000 bucks. So if you put in 500 you get an extra 250 uh, using the promo code HOOPALL upon sign-up. I also want to shout out our guys over at Manscaped.com, uh, the best in the world in below-the-belt uh, below grooming. And if you want to go there, you enter the promo code HOOPALL20, get 20% off and free shipping on your order. Uh, again, that's hoopball20 for the promo code, 20% off, and hoop um, free shipping. And they have some awesome products. I myself 
uh, got the Perfect Package 3.0 and absolutely love it. It comes with Crop Preserver, uh, the Boxers, which are my absolute favorite, the Lawnmower 3.0, and a bunch of other good stuff there, a travel bag, a newspaper, like some some good stuff. I, I recommend that, uh, the Perfect Package 3.0. But let's get right into this slate. I shouldn't – I think this one will I'll be pretty fairly quick. Uh, again, a lot of these plays – if nothing changes, um, keep them. But this is a slate that I'm saying uh, I'm not. I'm not even taking my early slate as gospel right now. Usually, I'll come into the day and, and know exactly where I want to go, uh, depending on news, and I'll change some stuff up. But this is one that uh, I expect to have a lot of shaking. Uh, just 11 of the 16 teams on the on on one end of a back to back, with nine of them on the back end. I already know that some of these people that I like are going to change because they, they might just get ruled out. Uh, like last night, Trey Young was one of my favorite plays. Uh, didn't even play. So I expect some stuff like that to happen. <clears throat> Again, so let's get into this. Or no, that was two nights ago. Um, but let's get into this. And uh, the first game on the docket is the Dallas Mavericks at the Washington Wizards. Uh, we have a spread for this one. It is 229.5, and, and the Mavericks are six-point road favorites. So uh, if the Mavs were at home, this would be another double-digit um, spread here. Uh, the Mavs are on the back end of a back-to-back, and they are the first team that I will say keep an eye out for. Uh, we saw Luka and Porzingis miss a couple games not too long ago, earlier this week. And I can imagine one or two possibly missing this one. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. Uh, we do know on the injury report that the Mavs have no one since they played last night. Uh, and the Wizards have Bradley Beal as questionable, Daniel Gafford, Thomas Bryant as out. I'll start on the Mavs side of the ball uh, because they are the away team. And I like a lot of these guys. Uh, anytime people are going against the Wizards, you know that there's going to be a lot of offensive potential potential for scoring, and potential for just padding your stats. Uh, the Wizards don't play much defense, and they give they give up a lot of points. They get a lot of points, uh, and they just play fast. So it's a very, very good spot for the Mavs. Uh, and I'm looking at a bounce back for Luka, assuming he plays. Uh, he would be a guy that I'm looking at. Again, um, as long as this game can stay close, hopefully Bradley Beal plays. That helps him out and helps me feel more comfortable with him. Uh, but he's one of my guys that I, I like in that spend-up category. Outside of him, Kristaps Porzingis, I'm not sure if he plays. Uh, but if he does play and he's going to play another 30 minutes or so, this is a very good matchup for him. He, uh, he's only 8,300, and there's really nothing in the way of a front-court presence on, on the Wizards. Uh, Daniel Gafford came in. Looked great for a couple games. Got hurt. Uh, Alex Lynn, nothing much. They have no more Mo Wagner. Robin Lopez is towards the back end of his career. Rui, too small. Uh, Porzingis is going to hit value here if he plays and, and plays 30 minutes. Uh, it just seems very reasonable for it. Uh, but again, I don't know if either of those top two guys play, so I'll be moving and shaking depending on what the news uh, brings me later today. Outside of them, uh, there's there's a lot of guys I like on this. Tim Hardaway Jr., 5,600. This is a matchup that is very favorable for him. Uh, he blew up a couple nights ago um, last week in, in a matchup without Luka and um, Porzingis against the uh, Pelicans, who play at a, just as fast as the pace. 
and I liked him in that one, and I like him in this one. I think he can find a ton of shots here, um, a lot of open shots, a lot of room for to to explode here, especially if Luca or Porzingis miss this game. Um, outside of them, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, two guys that I like too, 4-3 and 4-1, two rock-solid price tags. Uh, there's not much in the way of a center option that can stop Kleba, he can spread the floor. Neither Alex Len nor Robin Lopez can guard anybody outside at the perimeter. Um, and, and Kleba is pretty good. He played 36 minutes in that last one. Didn't do great, but uh, still put up 23 points. Still put up value there. And that was against the Knicks. This is a much easier matchup as well. And Finney Smith, same reasons, just a fast-paced game. We might not have one of Luka we might, or, or Perzingis. 4,300, rock solid. Whether they play or not, uh, I think there's a lot of value to go around on this side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, we have Westbrook hitting that uh, $11.1,000 range. He is super, super saying level 7 here. The only player over 11 k in this slate. Uh, and Bradley Bill is questionable. So we can't fault anybody for looking at Westbrook because he's been on a tear. I probably will not be going to him. Um, just because he is over 11K, and I'm looking at so many other guys on this slate. Uh, there are six players 9.9 and above, and he's the only one over 11K. Um, and I like Luca as well, so I'll probably just have more more shares of Luca with a big bounce back there. Uh, but I can't fault you, if, especially if there's no Beal, if, you, if you're going to go Westbrook. But got to cut some people out, and he's he's one of the guys that, uh, as of this podcast that i i'm gonna have less exposure on uh, but outside of him depending on if bill plays or not uh, i think we can look at uh, avici denny advia uh 4400 rock solid there i think uh, he had a pretty good game in the last one he shot one of 10 the game before that and he still put up 15 points he grabbed eight rebounds he's been grabbing rebounds uh, at a pretty fair clip lately and i think that could that could sustain him um and then this matchup is pretty good for him. So at 4,400, I don't mind going there. Uh, and then I'm looking at Raul Nito, assuming Bradley Beal misses at 3,500. Can go there. Uh, he's been playing minutes in the 20s, and that's just a fairly cheap price tag. And, and the guy's putting up uh, 20 points when he's getting near 20 minutes. So uh, not the hugest, biggest of upside, but especially if this game turns ugly or whatnot, he's going to get extra run. And at 3,500, can easily go there. And then you're looking at... Uh, I'm looking at Davis Bertans. He's making his return in this one, and he's all the way down at 3,300. So you don't really need even a big game from him or um, minutes over 23 for him to hit value here. It's kind of a um, more of a GPP play because he isn't safe, but at 3,300, he won't hurt you uh, by going to him. <clears throat> the next game, uh, and that game was the only game that starts at 7. All these other games start at 8. We have three more at the next three are at 8, then two at 9, and then we got two at 10. Uh, so we have that one early game and then a bunch of games that are within two hours of each other. This next game is the New York Knicks at the Detroit Pistons. Uh, we do have a spread for this one, and this is a low two and a half. Two, uh, it's in, the Knicks are two-point road favorites, and the, the total is 205.5, which is the second lowest on the slate. On the injury report, we don't have anything for the Knicks. They played last night, and everybody played for them. And we do have some for the Pistons. Rodney 
McGruder is out. Jalil Okafor is out. Killian Hayes will be making his return tonight. Uh, and Diallo is not on the injury report. We'll start with the Knicks because they are the away team. And assuming that everybody plays, I know Barrett, Bullock, Rose, uh, all these guys came in questionable in that last one. Um, but assuming they all play in this one, there is not much that I really want to attack on this side of the ball uh, or this game in general. It's just a slow, dragged-out game. Randall hasn't played as well since the All-Star break. Uh, he's hit a lull, and while he's good, there's just so many high-priced guys on the slate that I'm not going to go to him. Um, if all the backcourt guys are playing, they're all going to split usage and, and minutes and whatnot, uh, and then it's kind of take your pick, but they're all fairly priced, so I'm not going to go to them. Nerlens Noel and, and Taj Gibson are kind of splitting the minutes at center, and now they have Norvell Pell. I'm not sure if he's going to make his debut in this one, but uh, it's kind of hard to peg which one is going to play. Uh, we thought it was going to be Noel, which he did the first couple games, and then uh, last game he played 20 minutes, and uh, Taj Gibson played a lot more. I don't mind going to Taj Gibson but because he's only 3900 but I just don't see the huge upside there, uh, so I'm not going to go there. I'm, I'm just going to pretty much leave the, the New York Knicks alone unless, like I, as I mentioned at the top of this podcast, we get a bunch of news and value opens up. On the other side of the ball, we have the Pistons, and um, they are going to be pretty much fully healthy outside of uh, two guys who are not really in the rotation when they are healthy in Okafor and Magruder anyway. Uh, so now they're going to be healthy for the first time in a while. Uh, and we'll have to see exactly how the rotations play out. I uh, didn't expect Corey Joseph to come in and get such a uh, such a big minutes load here, but he has. Um, but um, on the back of that, I'm looking at two guys in, in He's My Dude Diallo at 4,900. I mean, this guy, he has back-to-back games of 19, 19 points, and um, he's averaging eight and a half rebounds in those two games, three assists, blocks, steals, uh, in, in under 30 minutes. I expect probably a similar minutes-type limit here uh, with him, but that's more than enough for him to bring back value here. At under, he, for 25, oh, at under 5K, and he's putting up over 30, 30 fantasy points, uh, I will continue to go to him again. Uh Josh Jackson, he's on the edge of my player pool, but I'm going to keep him off because that big game did come against Washington, and that game also came without Diallo. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. was active but did not play in that game. So there are factors that lead me not to want to go after um, anybody higher than Diallo in this one. Um, Outside of that, um, Corey Joseph, I mean, 4-3, he's playing a decent role and he's getting a lot of assists. He's playing a lot of on ball and he's going to be at the edge of my player pool. But with Killian Hayes coming back, my initial thought uh, is that they're not going to play him that much. And Killian Hayes is probably most certainly, I should say going to be on a minutes limit, but even 20 minutes or 15 to 20 minutes from him should cut into Corey Joseph. And, um, I can't expect him to play, be playing on ball over a guy like Killian Hayes uh, or Saban Lee with the development that they should be going through. So we'll see about that. Um, and that's what gives me a little hesitation on him. But he will, he should be at the edge of people's player pools if they want to go that route. Uh, but I do like Killian Hayes at three at the bare minimum three K, even if he's playing twenty minutes as his minutes limit as of right now. Uh, that's what I'm expecting. 
you don't have to do too much to bring back value here, and that's a basement level price uh, if you're trying to fit in a lot of these high price guys. So the two guys I like on this side are Diallo and Killian Hayes. I don't expect Hayes to play more than 20 minutes, but again, at the bare minimum of 3K, if you're fitting them into your lineup to fit everybody else, uh, I don't mind that. Let's jump on over to the next game that starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Miami Heat. Um, we have a spread for this one. Another. This is a double-digit one, our first double-digit one of the night. Uh, the Heat are 11.5-point home favorites, and the total is 204. On the injury report, we have Jared Allen, Larry Nance, and Dylan Windler out for the Cavs. On the Heat, we have Gabe Vincent Probable and Casey Akpala as out. Um, on the Cavs side, again, I'm just not in love with a lot of the people on on this side of the ball either. Um, the Heat are a very good defensive team. They now are incorporating Victor Oladipo, who, by all, he, he's he's still a pretty solid defender, uh, especially when he's not or when he's playing with guys like a Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, um, and so on and so forth. So. I don't really want to look at the backcourt. This this game probably will get out of, out of hand, uh, knowing that there's no paint presence like Jared Allen, uh, knowing that there's not a do-it-all guy like Larry Nansta, who's their second best and or, or one of the – those are their two best defenders. Uh, so it's going to turn a little bit ugly probably. Um, the people I'm looking at here are Isaiah Hartenstein. Without those two front court guys, again, he should play another good amount of minutes. Uh, he in in the two games that he's played with the Cavs, he plays twenty twenty six minutes, twenty minutes, uh, but he had five fouls in both those games. If he can rein in his foul trouble a little bit, you gotta imagine that he's gonna play more minutes. Um, both those games are absolute blowouts. They don't really have anybody else that they can play. Kevin Love is not scaring me off, and Kevin Love might not even play in this one. Yeah, I mean, just came back, played twenty minutes. He did that a couple times already this season. And he got hurt every time. So uh, keep an eye on Kevin Love. But even if he, Kevin Love plays 20 minutes, uh, Hartenstein should play uh, one of those two front court positions. And if he can keep his foul, fouls in check, uh, he should see near 30 minutes. And even if he's seeing that 25 again because he's fouling, 4,300, he's going to beat that price tag. Um, he, he has done it two times in a row. And I don't expect that to change in this one. <clears throat> Um, outside of him, I think you can throw a dart at Isaac Okoro. Not too comfortable with it, but uh, he's also playing a decent chunk of minutes. He's under three or under four K, and we know that there are a lot of high-priced guys on this slate that people are going to want to get uh, exposure to. I'm not too comfortable with it, but I think Isaiah Hartenstein at six hundred, if you have that cash, is a much better play for me. On the other side of the ball, uh, it's a tricky one because. I do like a lot of the matchups here, but that near eleven and a half point spread with a low, the lowest total of the night at two hundred four, kind of scares me off. Some of these guys, I will say, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, their two top dogs, are in good spots in this one. Um, and Butler had a really good game still against the Warriors with Oladipo playing. I expect that to happen again, uh, but maybe they defer a little bit more in this matchup and let. Oladipo get more comfortable. Uh, Drogic is back now. None should be playing in this one uh, because you can. You're going against the Cavs with no front court and the Cavs. 
Um, so we'll see about that. Uh, if you want to take, I don't mind chances on Butler and Adebayo. They'll be in my player pool because the matchup is just very good for them and they're too talented. But if you're scared off by this low total and this massive spread, um, I don't, I don't fault you guys for it. Outside of those two guys, I am looking at uh, a cheap play on here and it's mm, Namjay Bajalika, uh, belly as they call him at, at, again, at another bare minimum 3K, we saw in the last one that he jumped up to 17 minutes. After a couple, uh, 11 minutes in the first two games he played with the with the Heat, he jumped up to 17 in that last one. It was a close game against the Warriors for the most part, uh, and, he, and he got significant run. Or, well, I shouldn't say significant run. A lot more run than he previously had. Uh, triple the, the amount of run that he had in either of the first two games, so... If he's going to see his minutes trend up a little bit like that, near 20s or high teens, again, at bare minimum price, uh, you can throw him in your lineups if you're trying to stack the top dollar guys. Uh, and that's where I'd be looking at on on this team because, again, we have so many high spreads in this matchup or on the slate, and this is a, uh, a low total that it, it's going to be a little bit tricky. Uh, and we will get a lot of, and I'll, I'll keep repeating this, we're going to get a lot of news that I'm expecting to just come out of nowhere. I don't know what it's going to be, but I, I'm expecting stuff. I mean, anytime you have 69% of the games um, on either end of a back-to-back and the overwhelming majority on the back end, something's got to give here, uh, especially in this day and age and in, in this season in particular. The next game is the last game at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, We have a spread for this one. It is 230.5 is the total, I mean. Uh, And the spread are the Sixers are a whopping 10.5 point home favorites. Uh, One second here as I I take a breath and get a, a sip of water before I jump on into this. Ah, All right. Uh, on the injury report, the Wolves do not have anybody. They are on the back end of a back-to-back. Um, and the Sixers have Joel Embiid. Might, should be, is likely to make his return in this one. He's listed as questionable, but they said he was uh, likely to play in this one. George Hill is out. Uh, and the Sixers are on the front end of a back-to-back. On the Wolves' side, they are the away team, so we're going to uh, go with them first. Um whether Joel Anthony plays, or well, Joel Anthony, I'm, th- I'm mixing Towns and Anthony. Uh, wow, I did it again. I'm mixing Towns and Embiid up in that one. Uh, but whether Joel Embiid plays or not kind of makes me uh, change my thought on Towns. Not because I think Embiid's going to play a ton of minutes or Embiid's going to shut him down, which he could. I mean, it's going to be a good matchup. I'm, if you recall last year, these guys got into uh, a tussle. Yes, I said tussle. They got in a tussle in their first in their meeting when in the beginning of the year, um, and it was pretty funny. So I think they are going to want to go at each other again in this one. Uh, but if Embiid plays, you can expect the Sixers to play better, score more points, possibly turn this into the ten and a half point spread that we see. Maybe Towns plays a little bit less minutes. But paying 10k with the other options on the slate, I don't. I'd rather have less uncertainty if he's going to get 35 minutes. Um, I think he's on the outside of my player pool, but he's just on the outside because he has been hot and he can still bring back value at this uh, 10k price tag. Uh, he's 
but I just want to, I'm not as sure that this game stays as close. Outside of him, I think Ant Edwards at 7-3, he's just hitting value, hitting value, hitting value, hitting value. Uh, So we're going to have to, I don't mind going back to the well on this one. Uh, Three straight games over 40 DraftKings points and the one before that, 38. Uh, That's all value here, so I'm fine with that. Uh, D'Angelo Russell missed this last one, probably should miss this one. Ricky Rubio was a late scratch, so that's the one we're going to keep an eye out for. Uh, Ant Edwards had a lot more assists in the last game without Ricky Rubio, and that will help his value here in this tougher matchup. Uh, But if Rubio doesn't play, I like McLaughlin at 3,500. He got the start in the last one, Uh, played 33 minutes. He only took five shots. Three of those shots were threes. I only had four assists. Not eye-popping number, but numbers, but 33 minutes at $3,500. If no Rubio, I will go back to uh, McLaughlin in this one. I think just under 4K, uh, very reasonable price tag. And then Nas Reed, if you think this game gets out of hand uh, or if you think they need to play a little bit bigger, whatever the case may be, Nas Reed saw 23 minutes in in that last one, put up 31 uh, DraftKings points. He has the ability to put up points if he's playing a lot of minutes. Uh, if you can see minutes, similar minutes in that 23, 25 range, you can expect uh, him to break 20 points in fantasy points. He's a per minute, a really good per minute guy, and he's only 3,100, so just near bare minimum. Uh, and there's a lot of those guys on the slate that are, are bare minimum that you can throw in if needed. <clears throat> on the Sixers side of the ball here, uh, we're seeing the, we should see the implementation of Joel Embiid back to the lineup and how that uh, changes things for this squad. Um, with that said, I am probably, uh, probably, whatever I just said there, uh, going to avoid this side of the ball. I know that they are very good. They're in a really good matchup. Uh, but if Embiid plays and he's ready to go 25, 33 minutes, this game could get ugly. And this game could, uh, they like to slow the ball down. And, and looking at all these price tags, I, I just want to go in a different direction as of right now. Again, news is going to come in and shake things up. And maybe not in this game, but in other games. And then I'll come back to this game and say, okay, um, now I like these guys. I, 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 would, I don't mind spending up for Ben Simmons now. I don't mind spending up for Tobias Harris uh, and so on and so forth. But as of right now, I'm, I, I don't want to spend up for Simmons, Harris, uh, Embiid. And knowing that Embiid's coming back, that's going to take off usage and minutes from everybody else in this rotation, uh, the usage especially in the shots. So I'm just going to leave the Sixers as is for a game or two uh, until they get back up to back up and running as usual. But if I did have to throw someone in there right now that I don't mind, it would be Danny Green. I think he's just playing really solid, but at 5-1, I do think we have other options. Uh, and that's the reason that he's just outside. <clears throat> Now we'll go to this next game at, this one starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is the Indiana Pacers at the San Antonio Spurs. We do have a spread, we have, we have a spread for all of them. Um, we have a five and a half Spurs, uh, the Spurs are five and a half point home favorites, and the spread on this one is 223 and a half. On the injury report here, we have nothing for the Pacers. They are on the back end of a back-to-back but we did we do know that Malcolm Brogdon late scratch in the last one. Jeremy Lamb did not play. T.J. Warren's out for the year, and Demontis Sabonis got hurt mid game and did not return. Sprained his ankle. Uh, 
probably not going to play in this one. That's what that's what I'm thinking. And again, shaking and moving here. Things that we're going to have to keep an eye out for, but I'm expecting him not to play. Uh, Brogdon probably will, but uh, that's just speculation. On the Spurs side of the ball, we have Gorgie Jang, uh, Trey Lyles, Lonnie Walker, and Kira Bates Diop all out. I'll sp- start with the Pacers. They are the away team, and um, <laughs> just a tough one. Uh, we we don't know Brogdon's status as of yet. I would lean more towards playing because he was a late scratch, and now there's no Sabonis, so they're going to try and get him in there. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, not sure about. He keeps he's in and out, in and out. He's probably going to play in this one. Um, and that's what I would I would lean more towards those two guys playing. And then there's Sabonis. I lean hit towards him not playing uh, with that ankle injury at, in the last game. <clears throat> and that has a big effect on this team. I think Miles Turner at 5,900 becomes a very good play. I, I just I, I would have liked him even if um, Sabonis was playing. But without Sabonis, that opens up a lot more real estate down low. Uh, and more rebound opportunities for him. We know he's doing stuff with the blocks. We, now he's going to get more shot opportunities as well. Uh, at 5,900, very much like him. Uh, TJ McConnell, if Brogdon doesn't play, I think he becomes rock solid again. If Brogdon, Brogdon does play, I still think he's going to see a decent role. I think uh, Brogdon can get bumped down to the two for the for a lot. Lavert to the three. Uh, Justin Holiday, McDermott to the four. Because they're going to have to be playing more um, without Sabonis, I believe, in this one. There's Jamie Lamb's going to take some minutes. I don't know if you can play uh, Goga and Turner together against this Spurs team because the Spurs have um, Kelda Johnson as their main power forward. Then they bring in Rudy Gay. They're a lot smaller, uh, more athletic. I don't think you can throw two bigs out there. So I do like TJ McConaughey. Uh, TJ McConnell, TJ McConnell still at 5K, and I like Justin Holiday at 4-4 uh, for all the reasons. I think he's going to see more minutes without Sabonis at both forward spots. Uh, same with McDermott, but I like uh, Holiday a little bit better as a more well-rounded game. Um, Lavert and Brogdon, kind of, they're close, but I'm not sure how healthy Brogdon is, so I'm going to put him off. Uh, if he's playing and he's ready to go, his normal allotment of minutes, I like him slightly more than uh, Lavert, who's I'm not going to uh, go to unless just everybody misses. On the Spurs side of the ball, a uh, little trickier again. We, we're probably not going to have a Sabonis. Brogdon may or may not play. Uh, right now, this is a five-and-a-half-point spread. But if they do rule out Brogdon, they do rule out Sabonis, uh, maybe that spread changes. Um but as of now, I think that you can look at uh, some of these guys here. Like Keldon Johnson hasn't played great lately. He's not even playing 30 minutes in since uh, the 22nd. That was the last time he played 30 minutes. I want to play him, but he's just on the outside. I, I think Derek White at 6K, he's just been playing great lately. Uh, he's pretty much back. He's taken 37 shots in, that la- in the last two games. Um, Paul, one was a win, one was a very close loss. I think he's asserting himself a lot more than he was when he was getting back into the lineup. And I think he is one of my favorite plays on this team, uh, if not the favorite. I think you can look at DeRozan at 8K. Don't love the upside with uh, all the other guys on the slate, but he would be the second guy I look at. And I don't mind Pirtle. They're going to have to play him. 
Um, there's no Zhang. And he's also been playing really well. He's grabbing double-digit rebounds the last few games. I know one of them in the last game was a uh, double-overtime game, but he's still providing. He's hit at least 36.5 fantasy points in each of the last four games. Uh, he's, he's on a mini roll, kind of like Derek White. So I like uh, going to him as well. I'd probably go more Turner just because of the upside and slightly lower price tag, but he's another center option for me. <clears throat> and that's um, pretty much it, what I'm going to look at for uh, on this side of the ball, except on the, the bench, I, I do like Rudy Gay a little bit. Uh, without Sabonis, probably going to play smaller, and you could see Rudy Gay getting the backup center minutes. Um, when Turner's out, if Sabonis doesn't play, you probably have Goga, but uh, Rudy Gay is going to play a handful of minutes at probably both forward spots and, and center. Uh, maybe maybe a two minutes or so at small forward, doubt it, but uh, he should play 25 to 30 minutes in this one at 4,600. He's just churning out value. Uh, last four games, nothing under 22.5 fantasy points, uh, and he's just churning out value here, so he's another guy that I like off the bench. Next game is the Orlando Magic at the Utah Jazz. Uh, we have a spread for this one, and it is the biggest of the night, as you could imagine. Uh, the Jazz are 15 and a half home favorites, or 15 and a half point home favorites, and the spread or the total is 216 and a half, uh, the third lowest of the night. On the injury report, the Jazz have nobody because they are on the back end of a back-to-back. Um, they had everybody available in that last one. So we'll see if someone misses. That might mean Mike Conley. Uh, ding, ding. We know that Mike Conley does rest on uh, back-to-backs lately for injury management. So we'll see if that's another thing that happens. Uh, and um, for the Magic side of the ball, I mean, they have a lot of people. Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Jonathan Isaac, all out. Ken Birch, Michael Carter-Williams, Kareem Maine, Terrence Ross, all questionable. Again, this starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so we might not know in time for uh, that second game lock because the first one is the only one at 7. The rest are 8 and after. Uh, we'll start with the Magic since they are on the the away team. Uh, and Terrence Ross kind of changes things a little bit uh, if he's out. Obviously, he had, he had 21 shots in that last game. He is the go-to guy on this team when he's healthy. He will chuck them up when he <clears throat> when he's in there. Um, if he's not playing, that just gives a lot of shots and a lot of usage to everybody else. Um, Michael Carter-Williams missed that last one. We'll see if he's ready to go in this one. Uh, they, they, this, um, the Magic, I forgot to mention, are on the front end of a back-to-back. So a lot of these questionable guys could just sit this one out. You're looking at the, the Jazz on the other side. Uh, probably going to be ugly for you. Uh, so we'll see about that. But uh Carter Williams sat the last one out. Ken Birch left after a few minutes because of the illness. Um, I think Okiki at 5,800, he's become a guy that people are going to, and he's playing a lot, and he's putting up points. Last two games, over 31 fantasy points. Last three, over 31, and and one over 41 in that one. Uh, Even though his shots have been falling, he went from 15 to 11 to 11 to 9, which was expected. I expected that. As they got Terrence Ross, as they got these other guys back into the fold, he wasn't going to average that many shots. Uh, but he's doing other things. He's grabbing rebounds. He's grabbing um, 
getting pitching in assist, grabbing some defensive stats on hitting his threes. So uh, even in this tough matchup, even even if you whether you expect a blowout or not, he should be playing. Uh, they don't really have a reason not to play him. And in a blowout scenario, play against backups, and he's going to look a little bit better than he's going to against this starter. So I don't mind him at 5,800. Same with Wendell Carter Jr. He got 31 minutes in that last one. Uh, his third with the team, he started to ramp up. He closed the entire game. Uh, he closed the fourth quarter and in overtime against the Pelicans. Uh, played all of that, put up 21 and 12. While this matchup is rough, uh, he should see, I, I believe he's going to see another chunk of minutes and um, we're hoping Ken Birch doesn't play so he doesn't uh, so we <laughs> Steve Clifford doesn't uh, have to feel the need to play him over Wendell Carter Jr. Um, so, and we can like that there outside of those two guys um, just because of the matchup it's kind of hard maybe if Carter Williams misses again we can look at RJ Hampton he's only played minutes in the teens last couple games but he was one of their best uh, plus minus guys with Otto Porter Jr. and Wendell Carter Jr. out there, uh, and Okiki. So he might get a few extra minutes in this one if Carter Williams misses. If Carter Williams plays, I'm just going to leave all those guards alone. Don't hate Otto Porter Jr., but I think we have better options there. And I do like Mo Bamba, but again, he's not playing minutes in the 20s, and this isn't the matchup that I do want to attack him in. Uh, I'll stick to Wendell Carter Jr. and Okiki for the most part, and a little bit of Hampton if uh, Carter Williams plays, or doesn't play, I'm sorry. On the Utah side, it's tougher because uh, they're playing Orlando at home. Orlando did beat the Clippers on the road uh, not too long ago, and they just beat the beat-up Pelicans on the road. Uh, so maybe they can do strike... Lightning in a, or lightning strikes in the bottle, however you say that quote, three times in a row, but it's highly unlikely. And with a 15.5-point spread, I just can't imagine that they throw out Mitchell for a long period of time or throw out Gobert for a long period of time. Uh, Conley probably sits. Uh, I know I said that. They usually sit him on the back end uh, or one end of the back-to-back. And what better game to sit against than the undermanned magic so i expect him to sit and in that scenario uh, you look you know that jordan clarkson's going to get a few extra minutes um joe ingles probably going to start but it's just hard for me to want to play any of these guys it's just hard thinking that any of these guys are going to see 30 minutes is assuming that this game uh, stays close and i i don't particularly out of all the games and all the large spreads this is the one that says can't imagine this one stays close at all. So uh, probably going to have light exposure if you want to take some shots at Clarkson or Ingles uh, or guys on the bench. Yeah, you could, but it's hard for me to pay that their price tags knowing that uh, this prob- this is going to get out of hand. <clears throat> but again, if I'm going to take shots, it'll be Clarkson and uh, Ingles. The next game starts at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Portland Trail Blazers, and we do have a spread for this one. It is 226 and or 226 total, and the Blazers are another whopping 12 point home favorite. Uh, as I mentioned, four teams in double digits in the spreads, and they're all home, and they're all in favorable positions. Uh, this one, 
a little bit different, or I'll throw out the injury report for you guys. Uh, we do not have an injury report, actually, as both teams are on the back end of a back-to-back, and so are the next two games, or the next, the last game, uh, with both teams on the back back end of a back-to-back for both, all four teams, I should say, on the back end of a back-to-back at 10 p.m. Uh, so very tough to know what's going to happen there before lineup locks start. But on the Thunder side, we know how Horford is no longer with a team. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is not going to play. Uh, Baisley shouldn't play. Muscala, probably questionable for this one. Lou Dort, questionable. He met, They both missed the last two games, so we'll see. On the Blazers side, uh, Nasir Little, Zach Collins missed the last one. Probably going to miss this one. Uh, and maybe they rest someone, but uh, that's just speculation. On the Thunder side, we'll start with them since they are the away team. Uh, they play they play very good. Uh, they're just a hard-fought team. They, they play to the end, uh, no matter who they have in the lineup or not. And speaking of that, I, I we know that most of their lineup is beat up. Uh, Moses Brown has is now over 7K. He was over 7K in the last one. He got another two-point raise in this one. Um, coming off a game where he didn't do the greatest. Uh, but at 7-3, this is still a solid matchup. He can he can make a, a bounce back for this, but I probably won't go to him. I think we have quality options at center for cheaper that we, we can rely on, uh, but I don't fault people going there because he has been playing well. So has Isaiah Roby, who I'm probably not going to go to either. Uh, but I do like me some uh, Pokemon at 5.1. That's just a good price tag. He's not. He's he's playing minutes in the 30s every time he plays. Last four games, 34, 31, 32, 33 uh, minutes. Probably have Norm Powell on him for the most part, or Derek Jones Jr. That's just a big, big, big size advantage for him, and hopefully he takes advantage of it. At 5100, I just I, I really like that price tag for him. Um, I think you can look at Svi at 55. I probably just lean towards. Uh, Pokemon, you can look at Kenrick Williams at 53. Again, I'd probably just gravitate towards Pokemon there uh, since they're all in the same price range. Uh, but Ty Jerome, if he's available to play in this one again, 4300 pretty solid price tag, and I'll have some exposure to him in this one. Uh, but he, was, he did enter the last game as questionable. He went from out to questionable, played, so... Uh, Definitely keep an eye out for that if he's actually going to be playing in this one. But at 4,300, pretty good value in a good matchup against uh, Lillard and and this Blazers backcourt. On the Blazers side of the ball, tough. Uh, we have Lillard at 9-9. We already know he's one of six players, 9-9 and up. Um, probably won't have as much exposure to him. I think I'll go more McCollum. But this is a back end of a back-to-back, maybe they rest McCollum in this one and, and think they have this one in the bag. We'll see. Also, same could be said for Lillard uh, because he was dealing with an injury. He's been playing through it for the most part. He did miss one game uh, when Powell made his debut, but this could be a, a chance to give him a little bit of extra rest. Um, outside of those two, I think Covington's in a solid spot at 6'5". Uh, I don't think they'll be pushing Nurkic in this one. I don't think you really have to. Uh, so you can possibly uh, see Cantor playing more minutes in that event. Don't want to really play either of them. 
I'm probably just not going to have too much exposure. I'll have McCollum in lineups at 8-1, taking that discount uh, from Lillard, and I'll have uh, some Covington there. Don't uh, If Nurkic is not on a minutes limit, because this is on the back end of a back-to-back, uh, he has been playing on a minutes limit anyway. He did miss one game of the back-to-back. Uh, well, no, he just didn't play in that first game on the 25th. He played in the second one, so he might not play in this one. But if he does and he's playing 25 minutes, I'll take him. If he's going to be playing more 20, if he's still on that sh- near 20-minute limit, uh, I'll leave him alone at 5-5, five, five, I think. Rather just pay up for uh, Miles Turner, who's only $400 more. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Maybe if you want to take a shot on Derek Jones Jr., thinking this game gets out of hand, um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in that direction or or keep an eye on Anthony Simons if one of McCollum or Lillard or even both miss this then you know Simons is gonna get a lot and then Powell also gets a major boost. Wow. Then we'll jump on over to this last game. It is the Milwaukee Bucks at the Sacramento Kings. Uh, we on on the spread of this we have the Bucks as seven point home or seven point road favorites. And this is the highest total of the night at a whopping 239. On the injury report, neither nothing for either team because, again, both on the back end of a back-to-back. Uh, in the last one, we know that uh, Hassan Whiteside missed it, so he's probably coming again on the wrong side of questionable. Marvin Bagley's just not going to be playing. He is out for a while. Uh, on the Buck side, P.J. Tucker missed that last one. Not sure if he'll be playing in this one. But we'll jump on over to the Bucks side of the ball. They are the away team. And on the Bucks, uh, Giannis had himself a monster of a game in the last one. He dropped uh, a whopping 47 actual points. Uh, didn't do much in the assist department. Didn't do, like, uh, kill everybody on the rebound department. But 47 actual points is a boatload. Um can look to him again in this at 10-9. Uh, probably just going to go more Luka. But this is a matchup, again, that you can take advantage of. Barnes is not as big as him, not as lanky as him. Uh, and then he can play a lot of center against Holmes. They're pretty much the same size. So I can see him playing a lot of center as well in this one. And I do like him a little bit more than Westbrook. I just trust him a little bit more and I trust this game to stay a little bit closer. The Kings have been playing better. Um, but <clears throat> again, I'll probably have more exposure to Luca if I had to just uh, pick one of those guys over 10 K. Um, outside of that, Drew holiday playing awesome lately, uh, right back into my player pool. Seven, seven. I think there's still room for growth here. Uh, Middleton had a really good game in the last one too, but uh, Drew Holiday has just been playing like the Drew Holiday we remember, and he's going to be my favorite guy to target on this team, uh, point per dollar wise. Outside of them, I mean, the the Kings play small, so you can see uh, DiVincenzo and, and Connington possibly have some solid roles here, and uh, that's those are the two guys that I probably look to slightly more, uh, more DiVincenzo, but I don't mind looking Connington's way as well. I, he's he just has himself a very solid role, and he has that blow-up potential. Uh, he's more of a GPP pivot type of play because I don't think um, he's safe, but not many people are going to play him, so I think he can look his way as well. Uh, but Drew Holiday is my favorite on this team, and then the rest of the guys uh, are, are more pivot plays. And, and Giannis, of course, 
is Giannis. Um, and he's, he's one of the options that I like over 10 K, but I probably, if I had to just pick one, I would go more Luca, but, uh, Giannis is likely the second guy, uh, is the second guy over 10 K that I, I do like in this match or uh, on this slate on the King side of the ball. Uh, you're coming in with a hot team. They did lose to the, the, uh, the, the Spurs in the last one they lost to the Lakers. Uh, but, they were playing pretty well before that, uh, and I think everybody is is getting getting up there and not getting up there, but the price tags are starting to reflect their roles a bit more. Uh, like Fox is near nine k now. Uh, Fox, Holmes, Halliburton, Barnes, Healed. These guys are playing as many minutes as they can handle. Uh, Luke Walton has trimmed his rotation to. Just get rid of most of these guys. Uh, he he's playing like um, Meadow is playing a little bit. There's just not much of a bench though. Uh, so you if you're gonna look at this team, it's it's more of you're paying up for for these guys and their role. Uh, Halliburton very good spot. I expect Drew Holiday to play a lot on Fox, and he's looked like the one of the best perimeter defenders, as we know, that Holiday is. And he's starting to look a lot more like it lately after his time on the uh, COVID list. So I'm not going to have much exposure to Fox because of that. Uh, but I do like Halliburton. He's going to be playing off the ball, on the ball, and will should avoid uh, Drew Holiday's defense for the majority of the game. And that's always a good thing. Uh, and at 62, that's where I'll, I'll get my exposure on the King side. Uh, to face like a uh, Drew Holiday, or uh, I do like Rashawn Holmes in this one. He's probably going to be matched up more against Giannis than Lopez. If if Lopez starts faltering, they're just going to go small. Uh, and this guy's been playing really well. He's just hitting value uh, consistently the last some odd games. Uh, in one, two, three, four, five of the last six games, just hitting value. Uh, I do like other center options, as I've mentioned before, but if you're going to spend a little bit more, Holmes makes sense as well. Uh, Barnes is in, good, is in a good spot. Uh, he's just playing over. He's You know the minutes are going to be there. His role's taken on a little bit of a hit, uh, but the team just flows better when he's at power forward compared to Bagley. I'm uh, not going to go to him too much, but he's another option if you want to throw in that 6K range that you know is going to play a lot of minutes. I do like Buddy Heald a bit more than him, though. Uh, we know that you can attack the Bucks on the three-point line, and while Buddy Heald hasn't been playing great lately, that's his best asset still is the three-point line. Uh, he's still taking a ton of shots. I'll just list off the last uh, seven games or so and how many threes he's taken. 12, 9, 7, 9, 13, 10, 13, 13, 9, 11. That's the last 10. Uh, so you know the threes are coming. And if and, and you could get that on the Bucks, so he's going to be shooting them. And at 5,800, I do like him a little bit more than Barnes. Uh, I like him close to, to Halliburton, but if you're depending on the position that you're needing, if you need a guard uh, or a forward, I like both of them there. Uh, and those are the two guys that I like the most in Halliburton healed. And then Holmes, if you're spending up a little bit more on the a bunch of center options that I mentioned earlier. All right. And before I head on out of here, I know everybody likes the player tiers, so I will just throw those out uh, very quickly here. On the expensive tier, uh, I'm going to throw Luca there. I uh, kind of alluded to it already. He is my favorite high-priced guy. 
assuming that he plays, obviously, because back end of a back-to-back, he missed one not too long ago. Uh, but assuming he plays, that's a guy I like uh, at ten at six comparatively to the other guys over 10K. Uh, and then we don't even know if Sabonis Sabonis probably not going to play. We don't know if Beal's going to play. Uh, and it's just not too many great options up there. So I'm going to be spending up. do think we have a lot of solid value that we can look at on this on this particular slate. Um, <clears throat> on the, the mid-tier, there's a few guys here, but I'm, I'm going to go with, with uh, Miles Turner at 5'9". Again, I expect Sabonis to miss, and that opens up a lot of real estate for Miles Turner uh, in this one. At, and under 6K, I just really like that price tag. Um, he's going to be a cheaper center than most people, even if it's by a couple hundred dollars. Uh, but that's just, to me, that's just very good value, especially because I think Sabonis doesn't play. <clears throat> On value, uh, there's there's a lot of value here. Uh, the higher-end value, I think Diallo at 4.9 is solid, uh, but I'm going to go lower-end because we'll, we'll do like 4.5 four, and below just because I think there are a ton of those options. Uh, but I'm going to stick with Isaiah Hartenstein at 4.3 again. There is no Allen. There's no Nance. There is love, but a little bit of love. N- not a lot of love. Just just some love. Um, but four three. That's just a price tag that he can exceed again. I don't think you have to be scared off of that. Um, and yeah, he's my favorite guy under four five as of as of now. I don't think that changes. He's still going to be one of my favorite. But I do think. Um, there are other options, obviously, right now, but I do think there's going to be even more that open up as we as the day goes on because it not again nine games on the back end of a back nine teams on the back end of a back to back two on the front end. I'm expecting a lot of shaking up um, in this slate as the day goes on. And thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we will catch you again tomorrow on another edition of DFS today. Uh, I believe Mike will be on. And before I go, I do want to let you guys know, give us a shout out on all of uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a rate review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We'll try and incorporate it or get rid of it. Um, you can give me a follow on Twitter at Santino Cocone. Uh, and also, Hoopball is recruiting. Uh, whether you are a DFS head or a season-long head, um, whether you want to do the Fantasy Wire, do podcasting, writing, whatever the case may be, DFS is... Um, well, DFS. Uh, Hoopball is recruiting. And uh, I know on the DFS side, we're, we're looking for uh, people to to contribute on that. And uh, if you want to get in on either side, uh, you can message myself, Mike. Uh, you can message Dan uh, for whether it's season long or uh, DFS on Twitter or whatnot. And uh, we'll get back to you. And hopefully um, we get some people out there that are very passionate about this and that's what we're looking for uh we don't have too many spots to go open but we are recruiting and we're looking for uh, the the best of the best to to help us out here uh, and to join our platform and uh grow yourself so keep an eye out for that if, if that's something you're interested in and we will hear from you soon but again uh we'll catch you again tomorrow mike should be on here and good luck tonight um Definitely be on Discord tonight. This is one of those Discord nights that telling you there's going to be a lot of changes. So uh, keep an eye out for the news. And if you're not going to be, keep 
if you're not going to be um, into the news tonight, just don't play much or just sit it out because it's going to be very – this is not for the faint of heart this late. That's the best I'll say. But thank you guys for joining in and see you again. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.